I'm trying to kind of share the story of what I've been through in the past couple of decades um, in regards to both my military time, uh, even the traumatic events, because as much as it, it hurts and pains me to you know, open up and share those things, I feel like it's worthwhile, not just for myself, but for other people to hear uh, kind of some of the different things that happen in war. If I could just jump in, Jim, for a second, and, and I would just throw in Sergio, just sort of a shot across the bow from the yeah. conversation we just had a minute ago. I don't think you should, for what it's worth, uh, hesitate for a second to share your story because it's pretty empirical that that readers it will it will be a a, a ringing the bell for the readers that are going to say like yeah, as Jim always says like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hi there, and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute, dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Welcome in. I'm Nate Heron, uh, sitting in for Randy Miller today, and we are rejoined by uh, two guests, friends of the program and friends of veterans and military uh, members and their families. We've got Matt Eversman and James Patterson. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Well, thank you. Thanks. Good to be back. I'm honored. Totally. This is a, uh, a a fun thing with one of our partners, Wounded Warrior Project, who you guys have had an active role in helping out veterans uh, through various means. Matt, of course, uh, we've we've talked about him. You know, Josh Hartnett that played him in Black Hawk Down. Is that who you wanted to play you in Black Hawk Down, or did you really have any sort of say in that matter? I had zero say in it, but my wife was very thrilled that they uh, that they chose him. Yeah, Matt, James, your wife would be very thrilled if. If she chose him, that's exactly right. <laughs> Jim, if we have you a know, movie with you in it, who's who's you playing? Go down a big rabbit hole there, by me. Now. Who's playing Patterson in the in the Jim? Yeah, Patterson movie? no, that this is a movie that will never be made. Documentary, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, who's uh, what the hell is it? Clooney? George Clooney. Yeah, perfect. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, you know, the Wounded Warrior Project has been uh, you know exemplary and you know really cutting edge in their. Uh, helping of those who have been injured in combat, whether it's physical or, or mental. And there's a lot of different ways that uh, that sort of healing process can take place. And what we're going to focus on today, you know, you've got all sorts of experimental medicinal therapies and homeopathic, you got equine therapy, but we're going to talk today about the power of putting word to the page and writing. And, yeah. you know, Matt and James have uh, put together um, uh, what, four books now between the two of you? Is that correct? Well, I've lost track, Matt. It's about right. We have two in the hopper here. So I yeah. think four and, and two that we're messing around with right now. Well, of course, walk in my combat boots, uh, then walk my rounds with me about the ER nurses, walk the blue line and the secret lives of booksellers and librarians. You can get those wherever books are sold. And and actually, I'm, the librarians, that one's coming out next year. So you'll oh, wait a my little mistake. bit on that one. Well, I yeah, yeah, jumped yeah. the gun on, on that one, I suppose. But didn't I see that, Jim, you've sold over 100 million copies of books at this point? Yeah, it's some obnoxious number. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure what it is. Yeah, I think, so, it's, I think it's closer to 500 million, believe it or not, not to pat myself on it. Wow. Shoulders too hard it, here. Yeah. It's going to way too many. I write too many books and I've sold too many books. But hopefully we'll continue. Something well, uh, 
if there's anything you guys want to get out before we tell, we have some veterans, we're going to make this part of a round table discussion again. Uh, we've been doing this uh, here on the program. And well, I think the really important thing is anybody who's listening, uh, uh, whether you have an interest in writing or just, or, or just in reading, hopefully it'll be interesting to you in terms of how it all works or how it doesn't work or how it can be useful in your life. Well, you know, once again, whether it's writing or reading, I think it works both ways. So, so that'll be good. All right. Anything you want to share about the upcoming release that you guys have uh, working together? Do you guys ever meet in person when you do these or is it all done kind of remote? How's that process work? Matt, how does well, it work? It doesn't work, but I mean, how, does it, how do we screw up? We slug through it. And, and I will say this in all honesty, uh, the process, it, it, not to be a cheesy weasel here, but working with Jim is very easy. It really truly is. And our, I think our our process by design is very simple. You know, soldiers know this, keep it simple, stupid. And we definitely do that. And, uh, you know, I, I do the interviews and, and gather the information, sort of start the beginnings of the stories, then bring it over to Jim's house. And uh, he starts to craft it and work his magic from there. I mean, it's literally, it's, it's a process that's worked four times straight and uh, um, certainly allows me to learn a lot. I get a front row seat, you know, at the master class. But, you know, it's also it's a piece of the writing is actually the interviews and preparing for the interviews, uh, figuring out, you know, what's which which Matt is doing. I, I do a little of it, but Matt does most of it and um, uh, deciding what the tone of the book needs to be, uh, what the pitfalls are, what are the you know, obviously the first one walking in combat boots, that was we were kind of, you know, feeling our way there. I think. And uh, the the uh, useful thing there was obviously, you know, Matt had been in combat and a lot of the people that were interviewed knew him or knew of him. Uh, uh, so that was a good thing. And then and then switching around to ER nurses, that's a whole nother thing uh, in terms of earning their trust, getting them to be able to talk to you, get, you know, one of the issues always in all of the books, which Matt is well aware of, is a lot of the people would go, well, why would you want to talk to me? I don't have anything interesting to say. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the truth <laughs> because in, in almost all cases, uh, it was a, a little different, certainly with the librarians and booksellers because, um, um, you know, they don't go into combat that much. Uh, but it, but still, you know, once again, in another kind of challenge. Is, isn't that amazing, though, with, with military service members, how they'll say, you know, why do you want to talk to me? And then you finally kind of crack that door open and the stories they have. Are, I, yeah. I, so I was talking before we got on the air. I'm the PA announcer out at Arrowhead. We had a World War II veteran yesterday who we honored mm-hmm. at, at, in between quarters. And he was a radar man on the USS Macomb, I believe. And he was like, uh, kind of didn't really want to say a whole lot. And then it turns out, you know, he survived, you know, submarine chase, a kamikaze attack. They were sweeping, you know, Tokyo Harbor before the, the Japanese surrender. It's like, this stuff is fascinating. Is yeah. are, are, are the yeah. military between the military folks, law enforcement and the, and the nurses, which, which was the most difficult kind of the group? Scariest to... were the nurses, I think. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I, you laugh, but I mean, and it is humorous in a way. Matt, go ahead about the nurses. Yeah, no, I, uh, Jim, you're right. I, I listen, they, they all share a great commonalities in their DNA of selfless service and, you know, commitment to our local communities. But those nurses, I mean, they're, 
they see us all on their on our worst days, and they do it day in day out. There is no doubt that any shift in any ER anywhere in the world, it's gonna be something ugly happening, guaranteed, and they're doing it day in day out. It, it makes your heart. It would make my heart rate go up. I, I literally, I would finish. We joke about it, like Jim just said, but you know, I finish, I go out uh, an interview and I go out and I'd have to tell my wife, you know, sometimes you're in tears. Sometimes you're like, I just need a drink because I, I can't believe the story that he or she just told me. Uh, they, they, it never stops. It, as Matt says, it's day after day, but it's mm-hmm. also minute after minute because they pull back a curtain and this guy's lost his hand and they pull back the curtain and this person is having a heart attack or, you know, it's just, it goes on and on and on. And it's amazing you talk about PTSD. I mean, it's just an amazing occupation. And, you know, I think the in the military, they're doing a better job about recognizing some of the stress, the PTSD, but not so much in, in nursing yet. They still haven't gotten there or, yeah. or, or with the police. Same thing. Not not as much with the police either. Well, that's one of the things we've seen with Wounded Warrior Project and some of these new uh, ideas in dealing with PTS and uh, it's they're not just helping out veterans. They're also helping out folks in in, in other avenues. So uh, but we, we want to focus again with the veterans. Uh, the first fo- uh, gentleman we're going to bring in uh, is looking to uh, do a little bit of writing. Sergio Alfaro, an army veteran who served in Iraq. Welcome, Sergio. Hey, Sergio. I'm just going to open the floor up to you. You got two guys that have got uh, way more experience than I'll ever dream of having. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your service, uh, and a little bit of your background and how you want to kind of pivot and maybe use writing to uh, to express yourself. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, just to give you a little bit about my background, um, well, I'm 40 years of age right now. I actually was a medic in the U.S. Army uh, for four and a half years, so they stopped lost me. I count those extra six months. I did my time, <laughs> so I'm going to count every little bit of it. Um, I did get deployed out to the Iraq from 2003 to 2004. And I even did a year in the Air Force National Guard. I wanted to see how well the other side was living. And I got to say, the Air Force has it pretty nice. Um, but moving on from there, uh, ever since then, you know, I always thought after being a medic that I was going to be a doctor. I thought, you know what, being a physician is my life. That's my, 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 what I was brought into this world to do. And I actually found out that, no, that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, I got over to Harvard Medical School. Uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out. My PTSD got too severely activated. And as much as I love patient and taking care of patients and learning about medicine, I unfortunately have to take, take a step back and focus on myself, on my therapy and getting better. And that's where Wounded Warrior Project with their Warrior Care Network and so many other programs helped me be able to get to where I am right now, uh, which mm-hmm. is in a much more stable place, having a wife, having a home, and well, at least being able to see that I have so many blessings in my life. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. What, what, what kind of writing are you are you? trying to do or are you doing right now i uh <laughs> i'm trying to kind of share the story of what i've been through in the past couple of decades um in regards to both my military time uh, even the traumatic events because as much as it, it hurts and pains me to you know open up and share those things i feel like it's worthwhile not just for myself but for other people to hear uh, kind of some of the different things that happen in war and i do it not so much for myself, but I do it because I'm hopeful that if other people hear this, it's going to resonate with them and they'll be able to share their own stories. Because I think that's something that we all share in as humanity is that there's a lot of different pains in our lives uh, that we keep to ourselves. And in part, maybe it's because it helps us to live day to day, but also in part because 
you know what, we don't want to burden other people with our stuff, you know, and um, I think that's kind of a false way of looking at it. So that's kind of the writing I want to do is want to kind of do it selfishly, I guess, for myself to, you know, really make concrete what I've been through in my life, but then also to move on from there and hopefully get other people to talk about and share what's going on in their lives with either those they trust or with other people in, in public at large. So that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, if I could just jump in, Jim, for a second, and, and I would just throw in Sergio, just sort of a shot across the bow from the yeah. conversation we just had a minute ago. Uh, I, I can tell you, having interviewed, uh, you know, Jim, I don't even know the number of interviews we're up to now, but I mean, hundreds, well, at hundreds, I mean, five, yeah. six hundred interviews. Several hundred, yeah. You know, from, from the soldiers in walking my combat boot, sharing their stories, very personal stories about combat trauma, um, you know, life after their uh, um, ups and downs, highs and lows. You know, I would get these, you know, the nurses would talk about, hey, I read your book, and they would share their stories. And the more fluid they came out, you know, and then these cops were doing it. And my point is, uh, I, I don't think you should, for what it's worth, uh, hesitate for a second to share your story because it's pretty empirical that that readers it will it will be a a, a ringing the bell for the readers that are going to say like as Jim always says like I, I know exactly what you're talking about and uh, so I, I'm for just say forget about it. you're not being selfish just just do it man um, it, yeah. it, it will benefit others guaranteed yeah 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 let me just just a quick thing on. Um the audiences and and the first audience is you I'm really tight that's because um, you're going to do this and it's going to help you <laughs> and, and 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 you're going to get satisfaction out of it yeah. uh, um, and um, um, the, the second audience is your own family because um, um, a lot of times, and this is this has been true in all the books that we've done, um, and, and, and you know this, uh, whether it's whether it's cops or, or combat or even the nurses, uh, they have trouble sharing this stuff with their families because they just don't understand, or and or you don't want to burden. You said burden people yes. with it, so that's another audience. Uh, 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 you know, as you get a little wider into it. Uh, a third audience is are people who have gone through this themselves, uh, uh, and 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 we did find with combat boots that uh, there was a lot of that in terms of you know one of my best friends from high school who who was in Vietnam and and uh, he called me after he read the book and he said I got together with half a dozen of my friends from Vietnam and we all read and talked about the book and then we started talking about what had happened you know over there. Uh, uh, so that's another another group, and then and then you know obviously the much larger audience, which is, you know, uh, if you have a story that is compelling enough, uh, uh, and and you can write well enough, and you're lucky enough to find a, a publisher, so that's its own thing too, and that's just you know that's obviously that's difficult, and part of it is luck, and part of it is, uh, uh, you know, whether that's a skill set that you have. I mean, who knows? It's always uh, one of the things that was amazing to me in reading all these interviews and doing some of them is how articulate um, the the combat people are. And we're running into it now. We're doing another book uh, with combat oriented, 
And I can't believe how articulate these people, men and women are, telling their stories. It's just I'm much more than teachers or uh, a lot of the people that we're, that we're talking to. I mean, they just, they know it, they got it, their language is good, the storytelling is good. Um, one of the things that you might want to think about in terms of doing it, well, for starters, as Matt knows, I always insist on outlines. You don't have to, but man, does it save you a lot of time if you can figure out what is this that you're going to communicate to some people, okay? What's that? What is the communication? What is the, if I can, if I could tell people in a couple of sentences why they would want to read this, you know, what, what is that? What is that? What is the mission here? Why should I want to, you know, I mean, you're, uh, you've had some experiences. A lot of people have had experiences. Why should I, what, why do I want to read about your experiences? Because I got my own things that I have to do. Um, and then, um, um, an outline where you kind of begin to, you, you know what the mission's going to be, you know what the, and then lay it out as an outline in terms of, or try to, and, and I'll, I, I don't do anything where I don't spend a month or, or more uh, trying to do an outline or in the case of, of, of the interviews, even there, we, Matt and I talked a lot about, okay, what's the shape of this thing going to be? And, and one of the things, the early decisions that we made was that this thing can't just be interviews because nobody wants to read 40 page interviews. Well, and most people don't, uh, A. And then B, if it's not gonna be interviews, what are we gonna do with the interviews to make them compelling? And the decision that we came to is that in each, whatever, whether it's a combat veteran or a nurse or whatever, you're gonna come upon this person and, and the chapters are gonna tend to be five to eight pages or so. You know, you don't have to, it could be 10, could be four, it doesn't really matter. Um, but in those pages, you're going to get a feeling for that individual. You're going to get to know them just a, enough, enough so that you, you're interested and you care. And, and then we're going to let them tell a couple of stories. Um, the, the, the second, or you know, whatever, whatever number I'm at to, up, up to now, the thing to think about in terms of, of, of this kind of book is consider telling it as nothing but stories. The story after story after story after story. People like stories. Even if you're giving speeches, I don't know if, what Matt does, but the, the less you can just, you know, sit there, blah, 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 who cares? Give me a story, you know, and, and catch my attention. I A lot of times I'll start and I'll get the introduction, Patterson sold, whatever the hell he sold, and then I'll stand up and the first thing he says, hi, I'm Stephen King. <laughs> and and, and it, it, it opens it up. It, it lets people know that humor is going to, it's allowed. Don't take this that seriously just because it's a writer who cares. Uh, so we're going to have some fun. You know, so, but, but that sets the tone for what we're going to do. I'm not saying be funny, but, but you want to you get people in immediately and just story after story after story after story after story. And that's certainly what we put in our books, which is, you know, what we're, the stories and, and, and the mission that, that Matt and I always had, and it's true for every book, was that at the end, let's say with walking my combat boots, at the end, our mission was, if you've been in combat uh, and you read the book, you will say Eversman and Patterson got it right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how could we not? Because we're dealing with the information we have is what they're telling us. So how could we not get it right? We're not making shit up here. 
maybe they are, but you know, no, but I mean, so that that's, that's a piece of it. And the second piece is that if you're one of these people that thinks you know something and, and BS about it, you, you, no, you didn't, you didn't understand. You don't, and that's the most important thing. And that's the hardest thing in terms of getting readers in. People who think they know what the military is, maybe reject it and don't have a clue. Or people who think they know, let's defund the police. Well, before you come to that, that point of view, maybe you need to understand what the hell the police do and what the problems are and what the effect of that's going to be on the neighborhoods as opposed to wherever the hell you, you're coming from, which tends not to be the neighborhoods. And do the people in the neighborhoods, do they want, do they want better police forces? Yes. Do they want less police? No. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, so, so understand, understanding. So, you know, in your case, uh, 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 I don't think much, much is written on Maddox and, and that side of it. Uh, are certainly not published. So, you know, th there could be something there. And how do you tell that story? I had a friend of mine did a book. Uh, it was on, uh, as, a, as a college student, he um, worked at a, a, a emergency medical. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those in Long Island. And he just told story after story after story after story. And by the end of the book, one, and he was a good writer. He was, he, he could be humorous at times and sometimes incredibly tragic. It's a very yeah. tough job. And, and you read it and, and, and you, you understood it. Yeah. You got it for the first time. You said, oh, okay, I, I don't want that job, but, <laughs> but <laughs> now we know what it is. But, yeah. you know, like that. Well, you know, the use of humor, even Matt's experience you know, in Mogadishu, there's elements of humor to it. I mean, whether it's gallows humor or it's something else, it's, uh, Sergio, are you looking to write purely biographical material Nonfiction, fiction, like what sort of material you're looking to write? I I guess it's leading at least right now the way I'm imagining it. And uh, I'm James, I'm so happy you brought up outlining because that's exactly the first thing I did. I think there's still much more outlining that needs to be done, especially after you said like a month or two of outlining for a book. That just kind of blew my mind. But more biographical and more kind of uh, the lessons I learned along the way. Uh, but I also see the importance of like storytelling. Like you know, don't tell people what to do. Uh, James, this is what you're reinforcing for me, you know, put it into a story. I mean, this is where I guess you kind of get into the power, the power, the powerful stories of parables of how you can bring parables into kind of life for people and being able to allow them to use that as a reflection for themselves to see what's going on in their own lives and hopefully do better for themselves and for those they, they care about. So I, I, I've gotten so many, so much good stuff. I try to write as fast as I could, James. Hopefully I caught a lot of it. If I did, I'm sure I'm going to have to listen to this podcast. You know, one thing about the outline, Sergio, and, and they yeah. are, they are, not everybody uses them. James Joyce, not a big outliner. Might have been able to use it for Ulysses, but he didn't. Finnegan's mm. Wake, might have, you might have done better with an outline. At any rate, um, but, but one of the things with the outlines is just keep putting it down and, and don't get stuck. You just put a note, TBD, coming. Don't, that's how you get writers, uh, uh, you know, you, 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 when you get stuck. Go on to the next piece of the outline and just put it all down. Then put it, take it all, take the whole thing out again and do it again and do it again and do it again. When I say working out in a month, I might, I might write the damn thing seven or eight times, but I don't get oh. stuck. Oh. I don't get stuck. I just go to the next thing. Getting stuck. And, and by the way, around the third time, if you still can't get that, just cut it the hell out of there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll, cover, I'll, 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 I'm not gonna. I won't, I won't put that part in there because I, if I can't figure out even in an outline, then you know I'm probably not gonna be able to fill pages on it. And just you know, don't you know, go past it, do something else. So Jim, you mentioned uh, a little bit ago, you know, no one wants to read a 40-page story or statement on on something that happened. Well, they don't want to read an interview, right? Or an interview? What? Most, mostly, mostly. What yeah. is? Because um, Matt's in the damn interviews. You know. <laughs> You've got a leg in in both. Nobody wants fiction. that. You got a leg of both fiction and nonfiction. Which is harder to edit? Which is harder to to get? To, to distill down to where you want the final product to get to. In terms of an outline? Uh, just in terms of fiction versus, you know, nonfiction, a documentary or interview style. I, don't, I mean, for me, and I've done a lot of nonfiction, I've done a lot of fiction. Uh, fiction fits my skill set better because my biggest um, talent is imagination and, and solving problems. Uh, 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 so that, you know, with nonfiction, it's like I remember writing about King Tut, a, a little book, and, and I got into it. I didn't want the little fucker to die, you know, <laughs> but you can't do that because it's nonfiction. You can't like I can't let him live. But in a, in a novel, I can. So I can do whatever I want to do. So I the novel fits my talents because big imagination. Uh, um, but I like to keep things moving. Nonfiction, uh, you know, not as much fun for me. And I, it needs to be something where I'm I'm. I'm just about. To, I'm actually starting now to do the uh, the murders in Idaho. Uh, uh, but once again, there it is, and 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 there once again, in terms of the of the uh, uh, the content there, so much of it is research. You got to go out and meet everybody. You got to meet. You got to figure out ways to talk to the families, which is, uh, and, and you have to make a decision too. Is this going to be one of those books where you're going to, at the end of it, go, oh, you know, he was a killer, but, you know, he had problems. Or, or, or are you going to really talk about the tragedies of these four kids and what it did to their families and what it did to that town and what it's still doing, too? And, 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 and what's the effect of in a small town when something that's never happened, nothing like that had ever happened there before? So what's the effect of that? And what's the effect on the police department? They're not used to stuff like that. They've never mm-hmm. dealt with it. And, and dealing with the press and the press are suddenly everywhere. And then you got small town attorneys and they're dealing, they're way over their heads or they could be. Um, so these are all com- things that come into it. And you start once again, the outline, you're just taking these pieces. And, 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 and if you make the decision, uh, and I think the decision is, we want this to be more than anything else about the tragedy of the, lo- of the loss of life for these four kids and the effect of this whole thing on the town versus... Well- you know, like with with uh, Filthy Rich, with which I wrote about uh, Epstein, there it dealt with him a lot more uh, because there were so many just head scratching things about this guy. How the hell did he do this? Why would he do it? What kind of a nutcase was he? How did he get away with it? I mean, get away in terms of, you know, he got 11, 12 months in jail, things like that. So part of that's that. And part of, you know, your story is, okay, what's the real, what's the guts of it? What's the uh, um, and, and ultimately, what are the stories you want to tell? I, you don't have to, but I mean, I, I think it's easier to do that. And, and whatever that, whatever that, look, I, th- this guy sent me this book yesterday, which is kind of interesting. And it's a whole nother area in terms of people listening or whatever. And this is a, a collection of his, of his life stories. And there's some outfit called Storyworth. And, and, and what they do is he's a grandfather. So 
he wanted he wanted to put this together to give to his grandkids. He wanted to. It's a, you know it's not a, it's not a it's not you know. But he tells 110 pages, whatever it is, of stories, and he wanted he wanted his grandkids to know that. I know some people who have done where they put together a, a videotape because they want their kids or their grandkids to kind of know who they were, who they are, what they're, you know. But that's another kind of writing and storytelling. And it can be as simple as, for some people, I'm not saying for you, Sergio, but for some people where they're just going to turn the phone on themselves every day for half an hour and, and just eventually put all that stuff together. And this is my story. And, and, and that, can be, that can be good for the kids or, you know, a, a, the veterans who, who uh, uh, they, they just want to put it all down. And, and, and uh, I don't know how, you know, I don't know enough about in terms of how you could edit that. But so you, so you, I mean, you want to decide, all, you want to be open when you're putting it down, but not necessarily going to share all of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it could be written, it could, it could be, it could be uh, you know, doing it on your phone. And I just, my one question that's coming up right now, especially as you're bringing it up, James, is just uh, how did you get over that first hurdle, like your very first book? When you wrote your first book, like how did you know that you were going to have something that other people would even want to read? I mean, well, I didn't. Like, but in the mornings when I get up, I would burn my hand over the stove and I felt <laughs> that I, you know, uh, you, you don't. And, and you, you know, um, uh, somebody said you're lucky if you find something you like to do, and then it's a miracle if somebody if 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 you get the opportunity, somebody will pay you to do it, and you just don't you don't know. My first book. Uh, got turned down by 31 publishers. Rejection is, it then went in Edgar as the best first mystery. So go figure that out. Yeah. So here's 31 people like putting a, a, a freaking dagger in my heart. <laughs> yeah. And, and and this is a book that, you know, other people thought was good enough to be the best first, you know, first mystery of, of that year. I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but, but you know, you had, a, you, you had all that rejection to deal with. Uh, and that was interesting and hard and whatever. And and rewriting, rewriting is a key thing. But but storytelling, I'll tell you, it's a lot easier, man. I walked into the room. I had a couple of beers. I sat down with, you know, you, stories come a lot easier. Uh, uh, and they're easier to edit and mess around and turn around. When you start, you know, pretending like you're writing for the New Yorker or something and just prose, that's hard stuff. Uh, maybe you may have a skill at it, but that's a, that's hard. So with, with publishing, you mentioned, you know, the book you just showed us, you know, the barrier to entry for someone to have their work published, either bound and just something that they can physically hold in their hand or, versus... Or, now, on, these days, you can do it online. Oh, that's true. That's and you true. can get on, you know, and you can you can publish online. You can publish, you know, you, you may or may... I, I have one friend who, incredibly successful, very lucky. Uh, uh, I'd written a couple of books with him. And then he did one online. He couldn't get it published. It turned out, and it sold over a million copies online. I mean, right. that that's very rare, but yeah. but it happens. And and now uh, with some of these um, romantic um, Hoover and those uh, women, young, relatively young women, I'm not putting them down. It's absolutely fine. Um, but several of the ones that have sold like crazy were were, were not published. They self-published yeah. them online. I don't know how. That went from TikTok, but somehow and onto TikTok, and a couple of people said this is the best thing I've read in my. And all of a sudden, a lot of people are reading it. So that's a, another outlet, and that wasn't available, you know, when I started. 
that that online thing. And what, and you know, and it, it just depends. I mean, sometimes it's enough. You put it out there, and a hundred people read it, and you you like what it is, and and it was it was satisfying for you to do it, and it helped to whatever get you through the day. Well, if we're looking at writing as a therapeutic value versus yeah. maybe a lifestyle value, maybe it hasn't Matt, helped me in the therapy part. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, this might be something you could speak to as well. It hasn't um, helped any other. Would you? You know, if we've got, you know, Sergio, obviously, uh, you know, we we thank you for your service and, you know, our, it's unfortunate, it, you know, your PTS and uh, those are things that you've had to deal with. And it sounds like things are trending in the right direction. Would uh, Jim or Matt, would you recommend to a veteran or someone who's using writing as a therapeutic outlet to maybe... Maybe you think twice before you try to go out and publish. Maybe you don't want to be turned down 31 times and have that dagger stuck in your heart. Or is it, is is discretion not the better part of valor on that sort of uh, topic? And we can't give advice on it, honestly. People have got to find their own way when you get to that. And, and probably if you get to the point where you're thinking about publishing, you think it's pretty good. And you probably have had a few people read it. I think it's useful if you can find three or four people uh, uh, you know, who, who are, who are going to tell you the truth in a nice way. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I mean, I, cause I did, I did an autobiography and I did, I did have half a dozen people, including my wife and my son. Uh, and they had some thoughts that were helpful and, and being open to, to, to helpful suggestions. Nothing um, like write an autobiography and someone says, I have notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sergio, yeah. do you have any other questions? We've got one more uh, veteran. I believe we're going to try to bring on, but uh, don't want to cut you off. If you had any other burning questions that you wanted to ask Matt or Jim here, uh, honestly, no, not right now. You've given me so much to think about. I got to read through my notes again after this, and uh, yeah, it's giving me a head start. I feel like don't get don't get blockaded down. Uh, the, the best thing that I can tell you is the notion of considering writing stories even if it's a 500 page book yeah. uh, rather than trying to write prose, which I don't know how to really explain that, but that's hard. You know, Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot for your yeah. time, Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sergio. Next up, we're going to bring in Rob Lewis from Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, bring him on. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. It's uh, really great for our, our veteran population to hear about these opportunities um, and kind of guidelines to get started on the process of sharing their story. Well, we really yeah. do appreciate uh, both Jim and Matt's time and especially Wounded Warrior Project and yours. Uh, Rob is gonna, has some questions for some veterans yeah. who could not join us uh, live for this round table on the writing process. So I'm gonna just let you fire away at the masters here. Okay, so the first one actually is from Yolanda Pollard. She's a army veteran who has served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and she wanted to join us. She's dealing with some power issues because of a storm in Louisiana, so she is not able to get in. But she was kind of wanting to know a little more about the process and kind of steps you could take to kind of prompt your writing, I guess. I'd have to defer that one to Mr. Patterson. I, I just asked me again. I, I stupidly was, was making a note to myself there. So I it's okay, James. Um, so she's she's asking about the process and, and kind of steps you can take to help prompt your writing. You know, a big piece of it is if you want to do this, man, you're going to do it. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. honestly, if you're going to, you're going to write, well, it, it all depends on what you're going to do. If you're going to, you know, write short stuff that you can share with your friends or whatever that you don't, 
but but if if you're gonna if you're hoping to get published, uh, you have to be the sort of person that's like, I can't help myself. I gotta write. I gotta write this stuff. I got. I, I can't. I just have to do it. Um, uh, you know, process. As I said earlier, for me, it's it's that. You know, what's the idea? I have some idea. I have something I'm going to write about, which it could be my kids. It could be my family. It could be a mystery. It could be, uh, uh, you know, I wrote a, a podcast for Audible recently uh, called Zero Tolerance. And um, the idea was uh, uh, these three women who uh, are anointed to go military bases where there's a problem with abusive women. Okay. which is which is a big problem and they're going to go in and try to be fair-minded about it but there's been a but there's been abuse there's been something serious and, and that's an interesting area okay it's rich they're not necessarily going to be welcome with open arms in all places uh, uh you run into is this just going to be he said she said or is there something that really happened there etc et so there's an idea okay uh, and, 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 you know, you go, oh, okay, that's, I, maybe I can do something with that. And then who are these, these three women and what's their background? Why are they interesting? So, and, and, and then it comes down to, okay, that thing about writing the outline, where's it going to start? You know, I'm, so, so that one, it starts with them arriving on this, this base out in Nevada. I forget exactly where how it is at this point. And uh, they're not, they're not exactly welcome. It's not, you know, they're not, it's not, you know, ridiculous, but, but, you know, the, the base, you know, mostly people think we can solve this locally. Yeah. We, we don't need, and that's fair and reasonable. And, uh, um, but, but not necessarily always true. Um, so that's the beginning. So if I was writing an outline, I'm going to start with a couple of chapters about that. How does that feel? And you try to be, you know, even handed about it. And then what's going to happen and what's the case. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it happens to be uh, two or three young guys, and they're they're kind of assholes, and 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 so they're interesting, <laughs> uh, uh, and and so we're following them, and we don't know whether the the one guy is guilty or not. But we're not liking them so far, but that doesn't mean anything, uh, you know. And, and then you kind of go from there. Where, where does it go, and what are the twists and turns, and are we going to have a trial in this thing, or you know, what are the possibilities? But but a lot of it is that I. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm doing the outlines, I'll just sit there and just do these one one line bullets. I just, okay. just what I just said. They arrive and 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 they're having some problems. Uh, they have some problems with some some you know lower ups, and then and then and then when they're dealing with the brass on the base, they continue to have problems. And then we're going to do a couple of chapters. We're going to meet uh, uh, these these guys who've had who have had their their they may or may not have done something. Uh, and then, and then, and then she's going to interview a couple of women, or they're going to interview a couple of women on the base, or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah. But we just start putting down just, just like that simple. Okay. And eventually, you decide, okay, well, there's the making of a. I mean, knew it was a pretty strong idea, uh, uh, and zero tolerance is that. That's that's the the basic approach that the army is taking, in, at, at least at the top. We're not going to have any tolerance for this. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't mean witch hunts, but it means, you know, if there's real shit, we're not going to, we're not going to sandpaper it. Yeah. Okay. And then, so when, when this opportunity came up, we had more than two dozen veterans interested in taking part and just the timing didn't work. Yeah. So just uh, kind of curious from, from your perspective and Matt's also is as, as you're developing this outline, is it 
what am I starting with? What am I ending with? And then character development or is character development just kind of interweaved in every step you, you work? It depends. Okay. Uh, it, um, it, a lot of times, like with zero tolerance, I would say the character development happened as I was writing. Uh, um, in terms of who these people were. I have a book coming out later in the month. Mike Lupica is a sports writer. Yep. Really good sports writer. And we work together and we become really good friends. And we have a book. The, the original title was Jane Effing Smith. And the publisher said, <laughs> no effing way. <laughs> yeah. Walmart won't take that. Um, and uh, But, but, but it, that started with the character. And we wrote a couple of pages on this character and we felt ultimately it was the best character we ever created. And I created Alex Cross and, and he does the, the um, um, uh, uh, Robert Parker um, blanking on the character, big character. Anyway, but so, so we, we'd done some big characters before, uh, but, but we wrote a couple of pages on her and, and just, she, she, she had been among us, she had been started as a New York City cop briefly uh, went to law school. While she was going to law school, she um, she was an, she was an investigator. So she's been through that. She's did she did it all. Now she's a defense attorney, and she's got this terrible case on Long Island, really complicated and interesting and messed up. Uh, and and she'd been a hockey player at Boston College, so she's really taken her knocks. And and what you find out, it's an interesting thing for three books because the first it's now called Twelve Months to Live. Next year, eight months to live. The year after that, four months to live. You find out, she finds out about in the third chapter that she's going to die. She's got terminal cancer, but she's not going to go gentle into the good night. Yeah. And that's, she, she's a hockey player and, you know, screw it, man. I'm not, I'm not going down easy. And, uh, 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 yeah, look, we're all, we all have that disease, <laughs> tragically. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're not, some of us say we're not going down easy. You knock us down, we're going to get up. And that's the way she is. And that was part of the way her characters revealed in, in, yeah. in the story. So in that case, it was a lot of thinking about the character before mm -hmm. sitting down and, and laying out kind of what the, her story is going to be. Okay. Yeah. And since she played um, hockey and one of the, the challenges uh, today's generation of wounded veteran faces is traumatic brain injury. Have you considered weaving that into um, I, uh, well, the book is written now, so it's too late to weave. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's a good thought. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, and Matt and I, we, we talked about it a lot. We were, before you came on, we were talking about the, the, the nurse's book. Yeah. yeah. And, and what they go through and, and just the fact that it's day after day after day, I don't know how they go to work. It's, it's yeah. incredible. And it's that's true. another one where you read that book. And you go, oh, yeah, nurses. Oh, no, 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 no. You have no idea. No idea what they do. I don't know how they do it. It's it's just an unbelievable job. And I guess, you know, it, it does get into an interesting area. And I think this is useful also for this discussion. And, and Matt and I talk about this quite a lot, which is, you know, for a lot of the men and women in combat, they go out and they have a purpose. And their purpose is, they want to survive and they want the, pe their, the people around them to survive. That's a real yeah. purpose. Now, there may be a bigger purpose as well in terms of believing in we've got to stop the Taliban or whatever the hell. And, 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 but there's purpose. And then a lot of times people come back and it's like, I don't have purpose anymore. You know? So for some people, the writing can become part of that purpose. 
part of that prayer. I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to tell it. Maybe I'm going to tell it for my family. Maybe I'm going to tell it for my friends. Maybe I'm going to tell it for a much larger audience. Maybe I'm going to go and I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to self-publish it on Amazon or something, but I got there, 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 but it's, so it's a little piece of the purpose and, 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 and that's useful. Or sometimes people just, they just got to get, get the story. I got to get it out. I got to yeah. get it out because it being inside is really hurting me. I got to get it out. And yeah, one of, for Wounded Warrior Project, that is one of the things that uh, we admire so much is the purpose that they have given uh, to, you know, the mission continues on for those who, who wore the uniform and have taken it off, that maybe they're not the ones who are, are, are suffering from physical or mental issues, but they yeah. can go and they can help their fellow veterans. Rob, do we have any other questions from our other group of veterans? Or No, I think that was it. Yeah, well, I think James and, and Matt did a great job touching on, on a lot of different topics and gave these veterans a lot to think about as they try and determine not just um, how to tell their story in, in terms of start to finish, but also in what type of format. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, we appreciate the work that Wounded Warrior does. And, uh, you, know, you know, one little, just a quick thing on that. I, I always say this. I actually, there's, I'm not selling this. I have a master class on, yeah. in master, I, I don't care where anybody goes, but I, I go for a couple of hours on what I do. Okay. But one of the things that as a writer, I'm not getting into my private life, boring. Uh, but uh, 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 part of it is, and I talk about there, I don't give advice. I just mm-hmm. tell people what I do. And yeah. some of it might be helpful mm-hmm. and some of it won't. So I'm not giving anybody advice here. Yeah. Uh, other than consider writing stories rather than than because that's that's a lot easier. Yeah. Well, yep. consider a non-paid commercial for somebody who has bought uh, Jim's masterclass along with it. You know, it was you, Steve Martin, and Chris Voss, former FBI uh, negotiator. It's worth the price of admission if you want to get uh, Jim's masterclass as well. But uh, Matt, you have any uh, closing thoughts, or where can find people information? Where can people find information on you and what you're uh, working on outside of your time with Jim? Well, I, 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 I listen. To, I just got to. I do have to say this out loud, even though it's going to sound incredibly cheesy, but. You know, I said at the beginning, you know, I have a front seat at the master class, you know, working with Jim. Um, but Rob, you know, to you and to Sergio, I, I would say, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned and, you know, kind of condense this all into a little package. When I read Jim Patterson's other nonfiction books, you know, whether it was about uh, Princess Diana, uh, Lennon, the Kennedys, um, you know, this, these are stories that we know the ending. Like I said, nonfiction, you can't change the ending. But they read absolutely like, like fiction. And, you know, I've used that example to people, you know, on the side. when like, hey, you know, it's like working with Jim. And I tell them, and they're like, oh, I could do that. And I'm like, well, no, you can't. Oh, no. It's a special breed. But, yeah. you know, the, but the but comma is, I, I think in theory, you know, if you're looking for a, a cheap way just to sort of get the ball rolling. Look at one of Jim's, and it doesn't have to be one of the ones that he and I did together. But look at one, like pick the pick the John Lennon book and and read it, and you'll see, you know, the art of story, storytelling. That that's the best I got to to to, to close out this this um, this radio show. But it's a simple one, and I think soldiers would get it, Rob. You yeah. know, just look, and you you know, it's a little bit of monkey see, monkey do, but. It'll. It, I think it brings on the point of kind of everything Jim said today, 
And, and Rob, one other thing about that is, is if, if, if somebody goes, I can do that, that is a great start. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> That's big. Yeah. We, we try to tell everyone, everyone's a storyteller. It's just in what, what way are you telling that story? Whether you're standing up in front of a room and talking, whether you're talking one-on-one, writing mm-hmm. it down, sending an email, there's a million ways to tell a story, but everyone has one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that. And Wounded Warrior Project has been at the leading edge of, of if you can't tell your story with words on a page, maybe you tell it in watercolors, maybe you tell it in yeah. welding, yeah. maybe you tell it in, you know, any you know community service, those sorts of things. So, uh, Mr. Patterson, Mr. Eversman, Rob, thank you very much. You guys have been incredibly thank generous you. with your time, and uh, we will talk to you on down the road. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.